All right, good morning. Good to see you. Good morning. All right, a few people are awake this morning. Good to see you, good to hear you, and good, good to have a few teenagers in the service at 9 o'clock this morning. I was hoping that this section would be completely packed out, but that's okay. Today we're going to be talking about honoring mom and dad. You guys ready for this? Let's go. I'm going to be looking a lot over here. Left section is going to get a lot of attention this morning. Hey, um, good to see you this morning. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, thank you for being here. And um, here at Summit Point Church, our mission is helping people find and follow Jesus, right? So this is why we, we gather, we worship, we serve, we give, we, we come, we sit under God's word so that we can experience and encounter Christ and then live for him. So let me give you a, a quick update. I haven't given an update on construction really kind of since we started. So let me share with you kind of where we're at. And I better start timing my message here so I don't go too long. Unless you guys want to stay long today. You guys want to stay long today? All right. Some of you are okay with a long sermon. That's all right. Let me give you a quick update. As you can see, construction fences are up. Uh, the 50, almost 50-year-old 50 portable buildings are gone. So those were demoed. And at this point, uh, let me make a quick side note. If you want to stay up on the project, you got to um, connect to our Facebook page and our Instagram page because I'm posting every week progress, photos, kind of updates. So demo is done. They are framing right now, interior framing of classrooms, bathrooms, etc. And then massive dirt work outside, uh, removing dirt, grading, getting elevations right for the sunken outdoor venue, youth space, worship space, fellowship space, barbecue space, hangout space. It's going to be pretty cool. I'm, I, there's a massive hole. I told the guys this past week, I said, we really need to turn that into a swimming pool is what we need to do. We need to make, put a swimming pool out there. Anyway, so construction is going great. And, uh, you know, the project is supposed to last 31 weeks. They're on schedule. Uh, we had one kind of uh, one contingency fund issue, kind of a big one, was the main sewer line was uh, copper rust underground. And, you know, 43 years old in the building, it's time to be replaced. So uh, we replaced that, but we are on schedule, on track. So, you know, be praying for Fred. Frankie, he's our general contractor. He did this project, this building, and uh, looking forward to that space and how it's going to impact our teenagers, our young adult ministry, uh, community groups, I think, will be using that space. There'll be a bonfire pit out there, a sports court out there. We're going to have lighting on the play, playground. So it's going to be a great venue for outreach events and barbecues and community groups. And anyways, I can go on and on and on, but I'll leave you with that. All right, second announcement. I never do announcements before my sermon, but today is Sunday announcement day. Okay, you guys okay with that? So we're rolling out our D groups. If you received a program, a bulletin inside that um, program, there's a flyer, and the flyer is about our discipleship groups. Now, you might be wondering, well, what is a, a D group, right? Well, what is a discipleship group? Well, I'm glad that you asked. A few years ago, I started really asking myself the question, what does it look like for uh, a Christ follower to be really devoted, committed, right, sold out, all in. What does that look like? And so we created a discipleship pathway called Next Steps, and we show it every Sunday before 
We dismiss the service, and it's basically connecting, growing, investing. Connecting through worship and community groups. Growing through our, our discipleship D groups. And then last of all, investing through service and generosity. So our desire is to move people beyond the weekend, one hour, hour 15 worship service and get them into groups, right? Community groups, get them into a D group, get them into a personal ministry where they can serve and thrive and meet people and and, and strengthen the, the church, the body, okay? So we believe that these next steps, growing, connecting, growing, investing, these commitments will help you become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Now, what is a D group? A D group is, it's basically a commitment. It's a 12-month commitment. Uh, D groups are gender specific. Men meet with men, women meet with women. It's a 12 month commitment, three to five people per group. As you can see on the sheet, we've, we've taken like 30 people through the D group experience. Right now, we're only rolling out three groups. So if you want to jump into a group, 12 month commitment, Bible engagement, life on life accountability connecting with people, same gender, talking about life, talking about the word. If you want spiritual growth, I mean accelerated spiritual transformation, you want to jump into a group. This is, this is a great opportunity to meet people and grow in your walk with Jesus. All right, got those out under five minutes. Here we go. You guys ready? All right, good to see everybody. Pull out your message notes. Should have received one of these in your bulletin. And let's talk about... The home. Let's talk about the family. Teenagers, let's talk about mom and dad and your relationship to mom and dad. Okay, so, man, I wish there were more teenagers here. What the heck, man? Where are all the teenagers at? Are they playing hooky? Are they playing hooky? What's the deal, man? They're supposed to be here. Anyways, all right. Um, Ten Commandments, part nine. Here we go. Honor parents. Honor your parents. Exodus 20, verse 12 says this. Honor your father and your mother. Now, you need to listen. This is really important. This is really important. That your days may be long in the land that, that the Lord your God has given you. You guys want short life or long life? Oh, there you go. Good answer. Ten commandments. It's all about how we relate to one another, right? The first four commandments is about how we relate to God. That's our vertical relationship. And those commandments are, there shall be no other gods before me. No carved images. We talked about idol worship. Um, do not take God's name in vain. Keep, keep the Sabbath, right? There should be a balance between work and worship. The last six commandments is about how we relate to other people. So I find it amazing. The most fundamental relationship in life is your relationship to God, the creator of the universe. He that's the supreme relationship. That's uno number one. God says, let's get this right, me and you, first. Then that spills over into your other relationships. So God's first. He takes the first four. And then the horizontal relationships are the last six. Do not covet. Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Honor your parents, right? So each of these commandments, you know, um, they're, they're, they're framed in the negative, but they're positive. There's a positive principle, principle tucked away in each of these commandments. Now, Jesus was asked on, on occasion, which is the greatest commandment? 
And they tried to trick them, and they were always trying to twist them and, you know, mess with them. But they didn't understand that he's not just Messiah. He's the king. He's God. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And Jesus kind of took 613 Old Testament commands, and he boiled it down to two. He said, life is about loving God and loving your neighbor. That's what it is. So next time someone asks you, hey, what's the Bible all about? It's about loving God who created us, knows us, we're made in his image, and it's about loving neighbor, your neighbor, loving people, right? God loved us. He pours his love into our lives, into our hearts, so that that love can spill out of our lives and it can land on other people. So that, that's the, the grand redemptive narrative story. It, it's, it's all about God. God pursuing us in grace, God saving us, and then transforming us to love our neighbor. So love God is the first four commandments. And then love your neighbor is the last six commandments of, of the Ten Commandments. Now, when we come to the Ten Commandments, we think, oh, man, these are, these are tough rules. You know, this is, some people see the Ten Commandments as like very archaic, very traditional, like out of date, not current with culture. This is the most current you can be with culture because God is always current. He's always relevant. His truths are always timeless. His truths, his word is eternal. So whether you live 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, or you live, if the Lord tarries, if you live 10,000 years from now, his truths are relevant. They're timeless. They're truth because God is truth. Amen? He has a monopoly on truth. So God, God's always, he's always giving us uh, at different periods of history exactly what we need, what we, what we need. So these commandments are given for our sake, for our benefit. It's by God's design. God has designed, he's given us these parameters, these boundaries to live this healthy life, to live the life that God designed us for. When you begin to think about that, you think, wow, what a gracious God. What a good God. That God revealed these things to us. God could have said, hey, figure it out on your own. But he didn't. He's gracious. He's kind. He's good. He, 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 he gives us the pathway. He gives us the, uh, the road map, right? He gives us the blueprint, right, to, to build our lives upon the foundation of his word. Um, the fifth commandment is, is the bridge between our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. So, now, you may not be a parent. Um, how many of you are parenting uh, little kids? Raise your hand. Okay, a few of you in the service. How many of you are parenting teenagers? <laughs> Two hands are raised, right? Two hands are raised. How many of you have raised your kids? Your kids are older, maybe married, maybe not. Maybe you got grandkids. What a joy. What a sweet joy, right? You made it, guys. You made it. You made it for the glory of God. How, raise your hand if, if your parents are raised, kids are raised. Okay, your parents are raised. Well, that too, right? Your parents are raised, your kids are raised. Kind of an interesting season of life. Um, you may not be a parent, but we all have parents. Now, when you come to the fifth commandment, there's no fine print. There's no exception clause, right, that says, well, if you had bad parents, then, hey, you're good, right? You don't need to honor them. God expects every single one of us to, to keep this commandment. Whether your parents were lowlifes, no goods, or your parents were godly and God-honoring and Christ-centered, 
and they, they loved you with the love of Christ. I heard a story of a prison minister years ago and um, preparing for Mother's Day, they had this idea, let's give all the inmates a, uh, a card so the inmates could fill out a, a Mother's Day card and they can send it to mom. And you wouldn't believe it. I mean, cards were passed out. They ran out of cards. These inmates were writing cards, I mean, to mom, grandma, you know, aunties, aunts, right? You know, uh, women who were influential in their life. And then the church thought, wow, what, what a great ministry. Father's Day was getting ready to roll around. They said, hey, let's pass out the cards to everyone. And, and to their dismay, something that spoke volumes about the family and dad's impact on on children, the inmates didn't sign a single card. It's amazing. Dads, you have tremendous impact, positively or negatively, on the lives of your children. The fifth commandment says, honor your father and your mother. Now, in some cultures, you know, if, if you're like male, if you're like, you know, if you're uh, a male child, you, you know, you're going to give you're going to elevate your respect, your honor more to dad than mom. But God is cross-cultural. God says, listen, you are to honor both your father and your mother. Not just one, but both. Now, what does honor mean? In the Hebrew, it means to cultivate a sense of weightiness. Um, it is esteeming the office that they have as being your parents. So when you fail to give honor... When you fail to honor and respect your parents, it really is a hard issue. Because Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So people that are like, you know, um, very, I say fundy, very fundamental, very rules-based, tradition-oriented, can't do this, can't do that, like it's legalism. Like, oh man, if you do that, you're not gonna be right with God. Oh, if you do that, God may not forgive you. Oh, you, you know, you may not go to heaven. It's very legalism, not grace-saturated, very legalistic, right? And so, you know, with those people, it's, it's, it's all external, like what you handle, what you touch, what you see. But Jesus said, no. Wrong. Here's, you're already defiled. You're already broken. You're already messed up. It's not, it's not what you engage in. It's what's already happened inside of you. The problem lies beneath, lurking in the, in the dark recesses of your own soul and heart. I mean, Jesus exposes the reality of, of our soul and who we are as broken people. He says, here's the deal. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the mouth and the heart is connected. What comes out of the mouth is, is lodged within. It's in our heart. So the issue lies beneath. It's an internal heart problem, not an external issue. But internally, what we're struggling with manifests itself externally. Now, there is a command. There's an indirect command to parents. And the indirect command is parents are called to carry the responsibility to teach their children about honor. Honor your father and your mother. If you don't have kids, you have parents, right? So we all have parents in the room, step-parents or biological parents that raised you or foster parents. We all have parents. Every single one of us, there, there's a dad and a mom in your life somewhere or a dad figure or a mom figure, someone that influenced you, impacted you. Maybe your parents weren't around, but they stepped in. So we all have these, these significant people in our lives, and so this indirect command is, is 
to pass down honor, to teach honor. Now, this command is not going to be automatically um, obeyed. Why? Because children need to be taught how to honor, how to respect people. So we're born, every single one of us, no one is born with a blank slate. You are broken. You are born in brokenness. You're born in sin. You're born. You're, you're born. You're born. What did I say? Born? You're, you're born as a wretched sinner, completely depraved, completely lost, far away from God, in need of God's grace. So no blank slate. Like we're DNA stained by sin. Proclivity to sin, brokenness. I mean, wanting to do our own thing. So this, this idea that we're going to obey automatically, we're going to extend honor is, is not true. Now, one of the ways you could teach your kids honor, and I think it's all different levels, right? But let's start with like a toddler. Really, this is the only example I've got. Me and my wife Candace, we started at a very young age when our kids were little. If someone spoke to them, you know, at, at, you know we had to make sure they were like talking age, you know. But if someone spoke to them, they needed to respond and speak back to them. So that was huge for us. So like if, if someone um, spoke to one of our kids and they didn't respond, we would say, uh, give us a moment, real quick, give us a moment. And we would sometimes pull them aside. We would say, hey, you know, they spoke to you. You need to speak back to them. That's really important. And, um, and so we taught them at a young age. You got to engage. You got you to show honor, respect. You got to speak back to people. It's, it's manners. It's communication. It's, it's showing honor to someone else. You know, and as they got older, you know, I, I, I told them, communication is like playing baseball. Someone throws you the ball. They're, hey, they're communicating to you. They're, they threw you the baseball. What are you going to do? You got to catch it. So you got to listen to what they said, and then you got to respond. you got to throw it back to them. You can't just hold on to the ball. They want to play baseball too. So you got to, it's, it's conversation. you got to go back and forth, back and forth. Um, God has established three sources of authority, the home, the church, and the government. Those three things are very clear in Scripture. You know, the Bible talks a lot about honor and respect. You know, the Bible says, honor your parents. The wife is to respect her husband. The husband is to love his wife. That's honoring. That's cherishing, right? A husband is called to um, sacrificially serve, right? Sacrificially love. Um, their needs are second. Um, Bible tells us respect the government, respect church leaders. The number one test of genuine, authentic faith is healthy relationships, the Ten Commandments, it's all about relationships. Your relationship with God and then your relationship with other people. And, and, and why do I say that? Because belief affects behavior. What you believe about God should determine how you live your life. Like if, if you say, yeah, I'm a Christ follower, but there's no transformation, there's been no change in your life, are you really a Christ follower? Do you really know Jesus? Because the, mark, the marks of a genuine believer, you'll love God, you'll hate your sin, you'll love people. That's what the Apostle John, the, the Apostle John, the, the Apostle of love, that's what he talked about. That, the, there's marks of, a, of an authentic, genuine believer. And one of those marks is you're going to have love for other people. When Christ moves into your life, things move out. Because when Christ comes in, guess what? He, he's come to, come to move into your life, into your heart. 
Like God, Christ is moving into your life. He's moving into your home. And he's not just coming in to rearrange the furniture. No, he's getting ready to demo and rebuild. He's coming in to do some serious work on your character, your flaws, right? Um, and so when, when, when God moves in, he takes up residence. He's going to deal with us. He's going to, you know, he's going to deal with those, those rough edges in our life. He's going to refine us. He's going to make us more like him. And he's going to make us people of honor and respect. Now, the fifth commandment is the first one with a promise. The first promise that's clearly stated, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3 says this, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So this is quoted directly from the book of, of Exodus. God promises long life. Now, I don't think there's, honestly, I don't think there's anything magical here because let me give you context. You have to remember, God's people were in Egypt. They were slaves for over 400 years. Through Moses' leadership, he has freed them from slavery. They're on their way to the promised land. It is a promise that God has set before them. It's not something that they have experienced, and much of life is like that, right? It's, it's we live by faith. We walk by faith. Now, this may be a promise connected to longevity, but it may not be. It may be a promise, I think it's, it's a strong promise to the nation as a whole. Like if children learn respect for authority in the home, then the nation will be strong and the nation will have a long life. I think that's the, that's the point. I think that's the point that, that God is communicating to Moses. Now, who are we to honor? Well, the commandment says father and mother. Why? I think because it makes life easier. I would say this, it makes life better. Our life will be so much better if we obey this commandment. Here's why I say that. If we learn about relationships, how to relate to one another in the home, then we're going to live a healthier life because we're going to have less stress throughout our life. What do I mean by that? The stress of life comes when there is a relationship that is strained or broken. We all understand this right now. You're probably, some of you are thinking right now, yep, I got a broken relationship with mom or I got a broken relationship with dad or it may not even be mom and dad. It could be somebody else. If, if there's a strained or broken relationship with someone, it messes you up. It just does. You know, Jesus was very clear about you cannot be right with God if you're at odds with people. If you want to be right with God spiritually, you've got to be right with other people. They're, they're interconnected. A lot of stress comes from human relationships. And, and relationships are messy. We're, we're broken, right? We, um, we're sinners. And so we, we bring junk into the relationships. Things happen. We need to forgive one another. Um, but how we relate to our parents, I believe, will ultimately determine the course of our life. It will spill over into other relationships. So we first learn to relate to other people through our, our parents. The first place we learn respect and authority is in the home, right? When mom or dad, when they tell you to do something, you realize very quickly they, they have ultimate authority. And so and they're going to exercise authority. I grew up in a home where authority was exercised, right? Like, a, you know, you got out of line, 
you know? I mean, the Bible's really clear about child abuse is wrong. It's, it's, it's wickedness. But, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. The Bible's really clear about discipline and authority and, and creating boundaries and perimeters. And the Hebrew word for, for parents, it's interesting, is related to the word for teacher. So parents are, are really the first teachers in the home. What are you teaching? You're, you're teaching your kids about God. You're teaching your kids about morals, values, worldview. You're teaching your kids about um, faith. You're teaching your kids a whole host of things. Um, if you want your kids to honor you, then you have to show them what it, what it means to honor your parents. So how should we be honoring our parents? Let me give you three points real quick. Pass them the grace card. Pass them the grace card, right? We all have parents. Um, there are no perfect parents. So teenagers even think about this, right? Your parents are not perfect. You know that. They're broken. Um, there are no perfect parents. Um, and guess what? Teenagers, when, when you grow up and, you know, you're, you're a parent, you're not going to be perfect either. So um, it's just continuing the dysfunction, right? One generation to the next. Um, parents, we all have weaknesses, faults, failures, inconsistencies. We're going to make, we make a lot of mistakes. The only one that is perfect is God. He's the perfect model. He's the perfect example. Like dads, strive to be a godly dad. But just know that, you know what, you're going to fall short. You're going to need grace, right? And, and your relationship with your parents, pass them the grace card. You know, maybe your parents are unworthy of honor. You know, maybe growing up, you grew up in a home that was maybe abusive. Or you felt neglected. Or maybe your parents were very manipulative. And, and so what, what is God telling you through this commandment? Maybe you're, you're kind of cringing. You're having a hard time. Honor my father, my mother. They were, they were deadbeats. They were lowlifes. They, they, they weren't there for me. They didn't raise me in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Um, you want me to ignore the pain and just put on a happy face? No. No, and I don't think God's expecting that. God is saying, I want you to honor the position of parenthood. Some parents are not worthy of, of like, of um, high regard, right, high esteem, but you can honor the position uh, of your parents. You know, some parents are bad parents because they had bad parents, right? And so they had, your grandparents were not good parents, your parents are not good parents, and so there's this generational trickle-down effect. Bad parenting is sometimes a generational problem. And this is why we need to pass the grace card. We need to extend grace to our parents. They're doing the best they can, the best they know how. Parent, parenting is a lot of trial by fire. Sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't get it right. Oftentimes, you get it wrong a lot of times on your firstborn. You get it wrong on your firstborn. And then all the other ones have it really easy, right? Because you've worked out all the kinks with the firstborn. Raise your hand if you're a firstborn. I feel for all the firstborns in this room. I know, it's really hard. All right, number two. How do we extend honor to our parents? Extend forgiveness. Forgive your parents, right? Forgive your parents. Um, if you don't forgive your parents, you're going to end up being just like them. Because whatever you focus on not being actually sometimes comes true. You know, we're, we're teaching our kids how to drive, you know, and, and um, we're teaching our kids to focus, to be very intentional, right? Uh, stay in your lane, right? Uh, don't uh, run a red light, you know? Um, uh, don't 
go past the speed limit, um, you know, don't hit the curb, right? All these things. But, and sometimes they do, right? Sometimes they hit the curb. Um, sometimes they take out the, the vehicle's alignment on the curb. Sometimes they speed past the yellow light, right? You can focus so hard on not doing something, but in the end, that's exactly what you're going to do. And that can be us. We can become like our parents. It, it's because whatever you're, whatever you're looking at, that's where you're going. If you're always looking at past failures and past hurts and my mom didn't do this and my mom didn't do that and your suffering and your sin, your upbringing, that's where your life is going to be. You've got to release the past. You've got to forgive the hurts and extend forgiveness. Allow forgiveness to kick in and move forward. Because here's the deal. When you choose not to forgive, you are placing yourself in a prison and you're throwing the keys away. It only is going to hurt you in the end. Number three, set the right example. Right? If you do not honor your father and mother, you will raise children that do not honor you. There's a principle here, and the Bible talks about the principle of reaping and sowing. If you reap dishonor with your parents, then you will sow dishonor from your children. If you're always negative about your parents and how you were brought up and how they raised you, you're teaching your children what to say about you in the future. So we need to teach our kids, we need to model, set the right example to honor mom and dad. And by honoring our parents, we are um, setting that example that someday they will honor us. It all starts with us. This commandment starts with mom and dad. I don't think it really starts with the kids. I think it starts with mom and dad. We need to show the way. We need to show what does it look like to honor, to respect mom and dad. All right, now, how do you... How do you honor parents? Let me give you three points. We're going to walk through these kind of quickly. As a child, I honor my parents by obeying and respecting them. So we're going to talk about three stages because I think it kind of depends on each stage. Child, teenager, adult. Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Circle the word right. This is right. Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Circle the word pleases. It it pleases the Lord. Now, it says obey your parents in everything. So if your parents tell you to do something that's contrary to the scriptures, should you do it? No. But the principle is, here's the principle. God is setting up the, the foundation the, the, the level of authority in the home. Obedience to mom and dad is right and it pleases the Lord. It, you would think it, it, the scriptures would say it pleases mom and dad, but it says it pleases the Lord. So how you interact with mom and dad is going to affect your spiritual relationship with God. It's also gonna impact other relationships in your life. Six out of 10 commandments is about how to get along with other people. So, so the Bible is huge about relationships. So when it talks about oh, obey your parents, that's willfully, pleasantly, immediately. Here's kind of a, I think here's a kind of a nugget of truth for parents as you're raising kids. You got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. You know, if you're not consistent, you know, everything's going to come crumbling down like a deck of cards. If you're consistent and your kids mean, they know that you mean what you say and you're going to follow through, 
You're not going to be, you're not just threatening them with, you know, consequences. No, you mean what you say. There's going to be a healthy fear there. Um, As long as a child is under the roof of mom and dad, they fall underneath their umbrella of authority. here's, Here's the deal. If you think about it, God has placed mom and dad as ultimate authority over kids. Because God is refining, working in the lives of children. And so um, God is using mom and dad to model what he is like. So we're, we're called to discipline. We're called to instruct. We're called to pass down our values. We're called to love our children like God loves them. We're called to model what God is like. How, how do we do that? Well, God is faithful. We model faithfulness to our kids. God is loving. He's gracious. He's kind. He, he disciplines those whom he loves. So as parents, we set boundaries. You cross this line, there's consequences, right? And, and so we, we're called to model these things for our kids. Here's the second point. As a young person, I honor my parents by accepting and appreciating them. Now, Breaking the fifth commandment in the Old Testament was a serious deal. I mean, it was a big deal. I want, I want you to read this. It was such a deal, such a, a deal breaker. God established a very severe punishment. Deuteronomy 21, 18 to 21. Now, this is Old Testament under the law, right? This is, this is back in the day. Now, check this out. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives, and they shall say to the elders of his city, this, our son, is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones." Let me read that again. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. So parents are like, back in the Old Testament, like, you know what, their teenager is rebellious, cantankerous, ornery, and it gets to the point where it's like, we give up. We can't control this child. And the child is then brought to the gate where the village does business, and it says that that child will be stoned to death. God ain't playing around. God ain't playing around, man. I mean, death penalty? I mean, it's a good thing we're under grace, not law. Amen, right? I mean, right, teenagers? Amen, right? Now, here's the deal. There's not, to my knowledge, based on my, my reading, there's not one record in all of Jewish history of this ever occurring. But I can guarantee you one thing. It was threatened. I can guarantee you, Right? Oh, you, oh you, you're not going to listen? Okay, well, I mean, we, we can go to the gate, talk to the elders, you know. I mean, Deuteronomy 21, you remember that, right, you know? Did, did you catch that in your reading last week as you're reading the, the Torah, you know, the Old Testament? It, it gave the parents ultimate authority in the home, ultimate authority over the children. Now, why did God establish this severe penalty? I think generational impact. You know, a, a disobedient son or a disobedient a daughter grows up, they're disobedient, their, their heart is bent towards rudeness, and, and they're mean-spirited, they don't listen to authority. That's going to be fleshed out and manifested in lots of different ways. 
I mean, they might stand before a judge and, and really, you know, uh, reap what they sow, you know, experience, you know, some detrimental consequences in their life. But this, this heart of disobedience can be passed down to the next generation. You know, we live in a culture where people say, oh, you know, kids, you know, they're basically good. They're not sinners. They, they don't need to be raised. They don't need to be guided. You know, just let them grow. Let them blossom like a flower. Let them figure out life on their own. Let, let them be whoever they want to be. But here's the deal. The problem is teenagers and children, they have a proclivity to sin. If you want to cultivate a, a harvest of righteousness in your children, Jesus needs to give them a new heart. That's where it starts. You need to be praying that God, that they encounter the living Christ and they see the beauty of the cross and they, they see their desperate need for a savior and they extend and they ask for mercy and grace and they repent and they turn to Christ. And then you've got a pliable, moldable heart because they have a new heart. Their heart of stone has been has been transformed to a, a soft, redeemed, fruit of the Spirit kind of a heart. And they're receptive to the Spirit of God's instruction and teaching and your guidance and your spiritual leadership in their lives. You know, I think the command, this command that we uh, read a moment ago, well, the command of honoring mom and dad is so crucial to the stability of the nation. Because the breakdown of the family leads to breakdown of society. I want you to think about this. If you lose the family, eventually you're going to lose the neighborhood. Once you lose the neighborhood, you're going to then lose the surrounding community. You lose the surrounding community, you lose the city. You lose the city, you lose the state. You lose the state, you lose the nation. But if the family is strong, if there's a mom and a dad and they're like, you know what, we're all in. We're going to discipline, instruct, raise our kids right. We're going to set a godly example. We're going to pass down our faith. We're going to pass down our values. We're going to go to church. We're going to model what it means to be a Christ follower and how we treat other people, how we worship the one true God. We're going to be in service. We're going to be in community. We're going to serve and use our gifts. We're going to invest in our oikos. We're, gonna, we're going to be all in when it comes to the Jesus front. Then guess what? Family strong. Then guess what? The neighborhood will be strong. Guess what? The community will be stronger because you have all these godly Christian homes that are taking it serious and then it transforms the community, which transforms the state, which transforms a society. You see that? It all begins with the family. The family unit is what God instituted. And that's what God uses and he moves through the family to bring about change to a society. Now, let me, talk, let me talk to the young people just for a few, for a few minutes. How do, you, how do you honor mom and dad? Listen up. Get off your cell phones. Look at me right now. Okay, here we go. No, that was a joke. Okay. But I do want you to listen. Okay, I do want you to listen. How do you honor mom and dad? Um, because if I turn my podium this way, I probably won't turn it back and I'll forget and I'll just talk to you guys the whole sermon. Um, honor your parents by respecting their role. Respect them. Respect their role, right? Um, they brought you into this world because out of love. They love you. They're crazy about you. They want the best for you. So respect their role as mom and dad. Respect their authority in your life. Um, 
I said it earlier. If you want to be right with God, you have to be right with mom and dad. You can't be sold out on fire for Jesus and not love mom and dad. Those two things don't go together. There's a disconnect there. So if you want God to use you mightily, you got to have utmost respect for mom and dad. Honor your parents by telling them the truth. This is a good one for teenagers, right? Um, teenagers have the ability to fudge a little bit, you know, you know, create a white lie. Well, not a full-blown lie, but it's a white lie, you know. You know not telling the truth about where they win, what they saw on social media, who they're hanging out with. Like, just be truthful. Here's the deal. I'm going to save you a lot of pain. Are you ready? I'm going to save you a lot of heartache and pain. Just listen to mom and dad. Tell them the truth. It is easier to tell the truth than not tell the truth. If you always tell the truth, guess what? It's going to save you so much pain and suffering and consequences. If you just come clean and say, yep, here's the truth, right? Own it, embrace it, and then let the chips fall where they may, right? Um, Forgive the failures of your parents. Your parents are going to fail you, but God will never fail you. Your parents will fail you, but God will never fail you. Your parents are, you know, we have the manual when it comes, you know, God's given us this manual. But there's no detailed parenting manual on what to do in every circumstance. You know how complicated it is to be a parent? You're trying to make the best decisions, and you're trying to be consistent. If you have multiple kids, you're trying to keep it all fair, you know. My father-in-law, he called that fair word. He, he, he said, that's the F word in my home. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't say the F word in my home fair. That's not fair. He didn't care about what was fair, right? But your parents are going to fail you. They're going to make mistakes. You know, we all make mistakes. Extend grace. Love them, right? Um, Talk positively about them behind their backs, right? Honor your parents by affirming their effort. I mean, just, just realize and recognize what they do for you. I mean, and, and this, this is a good word for all of us. Like how your parents have invested in you. Think about what they've done for you. If your parents are still living, like I'm going to do this today. I'm going to call mom and dad and I'm going to say, thank you for everything. Thank you for everything that you did in my life. You poured your, your love in my life. You poured your faith into my life. Uh, you poured confidence into my life. You poured strength into my life. You know, I, I'm the man, the, the leader today because my parents raised me right or, or call those people that influenced you in a godly way. Maybe it wasn't your parents. And call them and thank them. And tell them I appreciate the, the deposits, the investments that you made into my life. All right, point three. As an adult, um, oh, real quick, Proverbs 17.6. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. All right, grandparents. We, grandparents love grandkids, right? Sugar them up, play hard with them, and send them home, Right? I mean, have fun with them. You, you don't have to be the disciplinarian. I mean, you might have to discipline a little bit. But, you know, ha- do all the fun and then send them back to mom and dad for the nighttime routine, bedtime routine. You know, like you get, you, you get the fun part. So chill, grandchildren are the crown of the aged, right? It's the glory. And the glory of children is their fathers. Interesting truth here. We usually think the opposite. Children are the pride of their parents. Proverbs says parents are the pride of their children. So teenagers, like you appreciate mom and dad, tell them. Tell them how much you appreciate them, right? Point three, as an adult, I honor my parents by affirming and not abandoning them. So Proverbs 3.27, 
Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. So you have the opportunity to do good, to speak words of of life, life life-giving words, life-empowering words, life-encouraging words to people that have invested in in your life. But I want to direct you to another verse, 1 Timothy 5.8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's like, that's a serious statement. You are worse than an unbeliever in the eyes of God if you don't take care of your family, your immediate family. So, you know, my parents are older. Uh, Candace's parents are older. We haven't experienced the passing away uh, of a mom or a dad. And I know there's going to be a lot of grief there when that does happen. Praise God that they, they're all believers. They all know Christ. Um, but it's our responsibility. Um, it's our responsibility to make sure that our parents are taken care of. Right? Yeah, there's Social Security. Yeah, there was, there's retirement investments. Right? Yeah, there are, there are good, really good facilities, good homes that, that are well equipped to take care of and to handle needs that maybe you might not be able to handle. But... At the end of the day, the children in the home, it's the responsibility of all kids to make sure mom and dad are cared for. It's our responsibility. I mean, if, if, if God is placing a premium on the family and, and what it means to be a true follower of Christ, that we will uh, take the privilege and the responsibility to, to care for our aging parents as they get older. And I can't speak, I can't really speak to this because I'm not there yet. Um, I bet you if we went around the room, some people could really share testimonies. But it, it shows the authenticity, the genuineness of our faith when we sit, when we step up to the plate and we say, you know what, I'm gonna pass it forward. I'm gonna pass it forward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give back to my parents what they gave me while they raised me. And that's a beautiful thing. I want to end with a few thoughts. We Parents, you have the God-given privilege and responsibility to, to raise up the next generation to follow Christ. You know, the Bible says that children are a gift from God. You know, as parents, we are managers. We are stewards of our children. What does that mean? That means that your children, they do not belong to you. They belong to Jesus. Jesus loves them more than you do. But the responsibility is to carry this huge weight and, and, and to raise them in the fear of the Lord. And, and the beauty of, of the family, the church, we are called to partner together. You know, the, the church, you know, the, I think my notes are wrong there. The church only has your kids um, a few hours a week. The family has kids 3,000 hours a year. That's right. The church only has your kids 40 to 80 hours a year. But your family, you as parents, you have your kids 3,000 hours a year. From the time a baby is born to college age, you only have 936 weeks. Barna Research Group states that 85% of parents believe they are primarily responsible for their children's spiritual development, even though they don't believe they will bring them to church or allow them to go with friends. It's amazing. Stat there. Even the unchurched, the, the, the unbelieving parents, you know, uh, see that as, as, as super important. They're primarily responsible. Now, who's responsible to lay the spiritual foundation? 
Is it the church or is it the family? It's the family. But the church partners with the family. The church exists to build the faith of the next generation. The family has the primary responsibility to instill godly values, to teach biblical principles to their children. And then, guess what? The church comes alongside mom and dad, and they support the family. And so the church is here to reinforce what you're teaching at home. We are reinforcing what you're teaching at home. So parents, you're front lines. You're the front lines of ministry to your kids. You're teaching, you're modeling, you're setting that example. And as a parent, you have the greatest influence when it comes to shaping the faith of your child. When it comes to shaping the faith of your child. But here's the deal. When it comes to legacy of faith, you can't hand off what you don't have in your hand. I ran track in high school, you know, and the baton, you got to make sure, you know, when you run your, your, your lap, you got to hand that baton off to the next runner. You got to make sure you got to, the rhythm, the timing, everything. You got to make sure that, that, that you're not done. You don't quit unless you first hand off. So mom and dad, you have the responsibility to hand off, to give that baton, the baton of faith, the baton of values to your kids so that then they will run the race and they'll pass that baton to your grandkids. And then there's a generational impact of faith and love for Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, God, your word. Lord, I pray, Father, for parents this morning. I pray for moms and dads who are raising kids. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom and supernatural strength uh, to know how to navigate the different seasons, valleys, mountaintops of, of parenting, young kids, teenagers, um, elementary kids. Um, God, I just pray you give, give them wisdom, Lord. Support them and encourage them. And I pray that you would give them the, the influence that they so desperately want in the lives of their kids, that they can pass the baton of faith to their kids, the next generation. God, I pray for the teenagers, God, uh, this morning, that they would open up their heart and receive your word, and they would want to, uh, they would want to honor mom and dad. Help us, Lord, to, to honor our parents and to thank them and to appreciate them for all that they've done for us. And God, we pray that you would speak to us, God, through your word, change us, fill us, make us more like you. And we pray this in Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and let's worship together.